You're listening to Office Politics, brought to you by BYOB Revolt. Welcome back to Office Politics. I am Jasmine Reed Clark, and I am your host. And today is very special because it's <laughs> just us today. Um, yeah, don't, um, please don't pause this episode. This is actually going to be called a solo cup episode. Hmm. Yes, um, if that gave you flashbacks to Natty Light and regret, you are my people. Solo cup episodes are when I am by myself talking solo with something in my cup. Now, I am 29 years old, so it's not red plastic I'm drinking out of, but um, cheap glass from probably Target. And inside of it is uh, cheap wine from Trader Joe's, Cherry Blossom, what's up? So I hope you enjoy this series. So today I want to talk about something that has been heavy on my mind, which is the idea of being underestimated. So either we've all been underestimated, we've underestimated someone else. Um, And it's something that I think has played a huge part in my own insecurities at work, definitely probably uh, my imposter syndrome is deeply rooted in feeling like those around me were underestimating me. Now, why has this been heavy on my mind, especially when I no longer work at a traditional workplace? Great question. Well, recently I've had a little bit of internet success, a little bit more traction, um, and I promise this is not a humble brag, but rather, um, you know, I've had that moment happen that I think we all look forward to, where it's all the people who doubted us or passed us up for a promotion or, you know, wrote us off as, oh, the intern. You know, you, you, you have that, that, that daydream where you come back and you're like, remember me, the person you doubted? Well, look at me now. And I've kind of had the chance to have that moment when the same people who passed you up for promotions or didn't really believe in you or (laughs) were maybe backstabbing you behind the scenes and they thought you didn't know, no shade, they come around and they're like, oh, I just, I always knew you were talented. I always knew you were a star. I always knew you'd be successful or, or even the condescending. It's just so great to see you blossom and like reach your potential. Like, girl, we are the same age. Shut up. Anyhow, you find this moment and I kept thinking if I was ever in that space or face-to-face or, you know, in this case, a virtual conference to virtual conference with somebody who had once been the reason I doubted myself, that I would have this zinger, this sassy one-liner, and I'd come back and I'd, you know, make them feel the same force they made me feel. But instead of them feeling doubt, they would feel regret for doubting me. But I'm here to tell you, um, in my experience, that didn't happen. I didn't have that sense of satisfaction. I didn't feel even compelled to tell them off. Um, Instead, I learned a very different lesson, which was not that... I'm the baddest bitch in the room, but more so a lesson on underestimating each other, myself, and allowing someone else's narrative of me dictate the narrative I have of myself. And with that, I want to dedicate this episode to talking about feeling underestimated, being underestimated, what it can do to your experience and self-confidence at work, and what to do to overcome those feelings that we will all face at some point within our career. And I'll end today's episode with a message to the haters who should be your motivators, as well as the people who are experiencing 
imposter syndrome, um, or doubt from everyone around them. But before that, we are going to go to a very quick break. Be right back. As a career coach and writer, I get a lot of the same questions from my clients and my friends, which is, how did you go out on your own, become a full-time freelancer, and how can I do it too? And while I will be the first person to preach that no two journeys are the same, I do think there are some tried and true steps in order to ensure success as you go out and become your own boss. And everything I learned, I learned from the best. It's Jennifer Fitta. But I'm not alone. There's over 100,000 other people who trust her, as well as 30 institutions. I'm talking professors, y'all. Like, people with doctorates. So you know that I'm in good company and in good hands. If you want to learn some tactics and strategies or you just want to understand how the hell business works, but you don't feel like getting an MBA, which by the way, you don't need one of those to be successful despite what some people in industries will tell you, then great. Head on over to byobrevolt.com. There, it's an educational platform. There's an online community. You can even pick up her book with the same name, Be Your Own Boss. There's a shop. That's where I get my no five-year plan shirt that a lot of you guys love on Instagram. Either way, there's something for everyone. So take a little peek. And if you see something you like, I have a special offer code for y'all. 25% off site-wide. Just use the code OfficePolitics, one word. Again, whether it's a t-shirt, a book, something else, just make sure to save yourself 25%. You use the code Office Politics. And hey, do me a favor. When you buy your book or your shirt or you join the online community, please, please, please give me a shout out on social media. I would love to start a conversation with you, see what you're learning, see what's working for you, and keep that dialogue going. All right, guys, back to the show. Right. So when thinking about being underestimated and, you know, why it got under my skin so much and why it still gets under my skin to a degree, I first had to get down to the root. Why the hell do we underestimate people to begin with? Now, look, let me put out this disclaimer because I'm sure you need it. I am not a doctor, a trained anything. I went to school for journalism and I barely use that degree. So let's just get that very clear. I know I'm I'm blowing minds around the world right now. But I put that disclaimer out there to say, I'm sure there is some scholastic journal that could answer this question, but I haven't read it. So these are all personal opinions and do not reflect the thoughts and opinions of BYOB media. Or maybe they do. Jen, you can let us know on social media. Okay, I'm digressing. So I was thinking, why do we even begin to underestimate people? Because we all do it, right? And I think it has something to do with control. If we're able to control the idea of someone and control the potential that we see in them, then in some part, we play a hand in their success or we get the satisfaction of that, aha, I was right about you moment. And then, you know, I dug a little bit deeper and I was like, why is that so important to us? Why is it so important that we know someone's story and that we're right about it? When, when we take just a moment, a fraction of a second to step back and realize that People don't have linear or perfect story arcs. I mean, we're all the protagonist and the villain. Hell, we're all the protagonist and the villain of our own frigging story, dude. Like, how many times do I get in my own way? But then, I don't know, tomorrow morning, I'll be the hero. So, I think there is this addiction to control and knowing what is around the corner. So, when you put expectations 
on people or, you know, estimations on people, you're able to have some sort of foresight or feel that you have some sort of foresight, that it's one less thing to be anxious about. Oh, of course she didn't finish that report on time. She never does. Or, oh, she's just the receptionist. I mean, maybe one day she'll figure out what she wants to do. Meanwhile, not knowing that that person has a thriving side hustle or just a thriving inner emotional stability. Those things are great too, people. So maybe I'll never figure that part out. But then I was like, okay, I can at least ask myself, why do I under and overestimate people? So here's a little peek into my vulnerability. I overestimate people because I wish they would be the person I want them to be. As it relates to the workplace, I think of the people who I trusted way too soon, the people who I thought were, I don't know, going to be confidants and mentors and, I don't know, maybe fairy godmothers in my story. I wanted to assign um, a role to them, only to find out that that's not at all how people work. Some people are carrying their own baggage and they don't check it out the door. They bring it to their desk, to your desk, into your email inbox. And they cope with their own pain in harmful ways. So they don't end up being your work best friend or the mentor you so badly need because management is too chaotic. No, instead, you learn one of your first lessons in life, which is not all skin folk or kin folk, and that is a story for another day. Then I think about other times I was let down, and I think that I needed somebody to play a character in my own story arc. Oh, I didn't get that promotion because of X, or that person must think this way of me because of Y. And very closely to that last thought is the truth. A lot of the thoughts we have about other people are purely reflections we have of ourselves. You know, I remember this one time, and don't worry, I will protect uh, the innocent or the not so innocent, if we're being honest. I was working somewhere and I was essentially asked to be more buddy-buddy with everyone in the office. Um, But at my previous role, I saw that being seen as the jovial, super sweet girl didn't really get me anywhere. So I wanted to be more Switzerland at this new job. And so when I was asked to basically play the role of company mascot, I very politely pushed back and explained that I had goals within HR And that I had been down that road before and I found it to be a dead end. And that I saw in order to be respected and taken seriously, I have to kind of tone that volume down on the bubbliness and let people see that I have a strategic side, that I am smart and I can hold my own in a boardroom. And I will never forget, before I could really even finish the vision I had, the goal that I was trying to express to this leader, he cut me off and said, eh, that's, we're not even there. We're not even talking about that. What I need you to do is blank. And I remember feeling very small in that moment because I felt as though we did not have a same or a shared vision of my future. And I felt that this person saw my future to start, begin, and end at the same place at that company. And to fast forward just a little bit, as I'm sure this person will certainly come up in other narratives and different stories I tell throughout this podcast, It really drove a lot of my motivation to do better and be better. And uh, 
spoiler alert, I wound up getting two more promotions. And by the time I left that company, I was $30,000 a year richer. I don't know. Is that the right grammar, right? And till the day I left, I always felt like I had to prove to him that I was proving, like literally proving to him, I told you I can make my dreams come true. I can achieve what I set out to do. And you were wrong about me. And by the time I left that company to take on a new adventure at a different employer, he, he didn't care. He doesn't, he never came back to say I underestimated you or, oh my God, you're the, the smartest girl in the world. The like, Daddy issues we joke about cannot be inflicted upon somebody that you work with. But the more I think about that relationship I had with that leader and all of the hours I spent in therapy talking to my therapist about this leader, who honestly was probably not even thinking about me after he clocked out and went home to his family. Uh, the more I really just saw the character, the villain I had created him to be was really just the worst voice in my head, the ver- the worst voice in my head being amplified. And that's not to say he wasn't a jerk or that he didn't indeed underestimate me or that we didn't butt heads throughout the entire time I was at that company. But I was so focused on propelling my own insecurities onto someone and allowing myself to give them truth, to give them life because, oh, well, this other person probably thinks it. By that, I was only damaging myself and perpetuating a narrative that I deserve to be underestimated. And that was one of the worst mistakes and biggest wastes of time. And frankly, probably a hurdle that kept me from making more connections, more money, more impact. But, you know, honestly, screw all of that. From me doing more inner healing in those years, I sometimes just wish what, I wonder what life would have been like if I could have just gotten out of my own way and stopped caring about what other people thought about me and the expectations they had for me. And the mind F of it all is when I do feel like somebody has high expectations, I'm petrified of falling short of them. So it's like I am setting myself up to fail. I swear to God, I think half the reason I freelance is so that there's less people to disappoint. Which again is ironic because now I just have only clients to disappoint. But at least I can take a break in between assignments, I guess. So maybe you don't relate to anything I'm saying and you're like, um, when does it feeling to be underestimated? Sounds horrible. Uh, correct. But when you are underestimated at a company, you feel like you are being set up to fail. You feel like your destiny has been written in the stars. And those stars, they burn out real fast. And you feel like a lot of your efforts are likely going to go unnoticed. But if you are like me, you are a people pleaser. And so you try anyway. So much of my workaholism that I had at one specific company that led to life-threatening burnout was because I was so set on proving that I didn't deserve to be underestimated. Yeah. But yeah, when you feel that you are being underestimated, you feel like you are being set up to fail. You feel incredibly shortchanged and you feel incompetent. You feel that 
others will see you as incompetent or stupid or lack the wherewithal to make rational and meaningful decisions. And the longer that festers within you, the more that you really do begin to wonder if you've just been wrong about yourself this whole time. You know, I remember this one time, uh, if my husband Jordan was here, he could uh, vouch for this story. A manager didn't didn't see my strengths as, uh, uh, I don't know, worthy of anyone's time. Didn't see them as valuable. And I just remember thinking, oh, well, I should just leave corporate America and become a bartender. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being in the service industry. Um, I've had many service industry jobs, and I highly think, and I think everyone should have one. But I just thought, well, if this person doesn't see it, who is? Because this person was just your average Joe with your average Joe background, average Joe degree. And if I can't impress average Joe, I can't impress anyone. So I might as well pack up my bags at, I think I was like 24 at the time. (laughs) At 24, pack up my bags and, you know. Clap my hands clean of life. And my God, am I happy that I had a then-fiancé turned husband, but yeah, fiancé at the time, to um, figuratively shake me and encourage me to continue to look for jobs. Um, But that's really what you end up wrestling with. And then you question your own self-awareness. You wonder if all the beautiful things you thought about yourself were just little tiny lies. That is the power of thought and being underestimated. And being underestimated affects your work immensely. There is, I believe it's Vroom. I'm not making this person's name up, but um, the expectation expectancy theory, um, which it's a little bit more convoluted and nuanced than this, but at its core, if you believe somebody ain't shit, they will be shit. And if you believe somebody is going to be great and they believe they're going to be great, lo and behold, they will be great and yield results. Again, I suggest that you look up the theory, but that's what it is in a nutshell. So when you already give out the energy and the expectation that this person will only attract failure, incompetency, either that is what they are literally going to produce or that is all you are going to see of them. It's, I don't know, it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Also, I look, yeah. We can edit that out, Shay. (laughs) Um, And when that happens, that can be the sole reason that you feel as though your workplace hosts a toxic culture. It is often the reason you hate a place of employment. And sometimes it is even the reason that you hate parts of yourself. But... I think there are many things you can do if you are being underestimated. So we are going to chat about that right after this ad break. Be right back. All right. So when thinking about being underestimated and, you know, why it got under my skin so much and why it still gets under my skin to a degree, I first had to get down to the root. Why the hell do we underestimate people to begin with? Now, look, let me put out this disclaimer because I'm sure you need it. I am not a doctor, a trained anything. I went to school for journalism and I barely used that degree. So let's just get (laughs) that very clear. I know I'm I'm blowing minds around the world right now. 
But I put that disclaimer out there to say I'm sure there is some scholastic journal that could answer this question, but I haven't read it. So these are all personal opinions and do not reflect the thoughts and opinions of BYOB media. Or maybe they do. Jen, you can let us know on social media. Okay, I'm digressing. So I was thinking, why do we even begin to underestimate people? Because we all do it, right? And I think it has something to do with control. If we're able to control the idea of someone and control the potential that we see in them, then in some part, we play a hand in their success or we get the satisfaction of that, aha, I was right about you moment. And then, you know, I dug a little bit deeper and I was like, why is that so important to us? Why is it so important that we know someone's story and that we're right about it? When when we take just a moment, a fraction of a second to step back and realize that people don't have linear or perfect story arcs. I mean, we're all the protagonist and the villain. Hell, we're all the protagonist and the villain of our own frigging story, dude. Like, how many times do I get in my own way? But then... I don't know, tomorrow morning, I'll be the hero. So I think there is this addiction to control and knowing what is around the corner. So when you put expectations on people or, you know, estimations on people, you're able to have some sort of foresight or feel that you have some sort of foresight, that it's one less thing to be anxious about. Oh, of course she didn't finish that report on time. She never does. Or, oh, she's just the receptionist. I mean, maybe one day she'll figure out what she wants to do. Meanwhile, not knowing that that person has a thriving side hustle or just a thriving inner emotional stability. Those things are great too, people. So maybe I'll never figure that part out. But... Then I was like, okay, I can at least ask myself, why do I under and overestimate people? So here's a little peek into my vulnerability. I overestimate people because I wish they would be the person I want them to be. As it relates to the workplace, I think of the people who I trusted way too soon, the people who I thought were, I don't know, going to be confidants and mentors and, I don't know, maybe fairy godmothers in my story. I wanted to assign um, a role to them, only to find out that that's not at all how people work. Some people are carrying their own baggage and they don't check it out the door. They bring it to their desk, to your desk, into your email inbox. And they cope with their own pain in harmful ways. So they don't end up being your work best friend or the mentor you so badly need because management is too chaotic. No, instead, you learn one of your first lessons in life, which is not all skin folk or kin folk, and that is a story for another day. Then I think about other times I was let down, and I think that I needed somebody to play a character in my own story arc. Oh, I didn't get that promotion because of X, or that person must think this way of me because of Y. And very closely to that last thought is the truth. A lot of the thoughts we have about other people are purely reflections we have of ourselves. You know, I remember this one time, and don't worry, I will protect uh, the innocent or the not so innocent, if we're being honest. I was working somewhere and I was essentially asked to be more buddy-buddy with everyone in the office. Um, But at my previous role, I saw that being seen as the jovial, super sweet girl didn't really get me anywhere. 
So I wanted to be more Switzerland at this new job. And so when I was asked to basically play the role of company mascot, I very politely pushed back and explained that I had goals within HR and that I had been down that road before and I found it to be a dead end and that I saw in order to be respected and taken seriously, I have to kind of tone that volume down on the bubbliness and let people see that I have a strategic side, that I am smart and I can hold my own in a boardroom. And I will never forget before I could really even finish the vision I had, the goal that I was trying to express to this leader. He cut me off and said, eh, that's, we're not even there. We're not even talking about that. What I need you to do is blank. And I remember feeling very small in that moment because I felt as though we did not have a same or a shared vision of my future. And I felt that this person saw my future to start, begin, and end at the same place at that company. And to fast forward just a little bit, as I'm sure this person will certainly come up in other narratives and different stories I tell throughout this podcast, it really drove a lot of my motivation to do better and be better. And uh, spoiler alert, I wound up getting two more promotions And by the time I left that company, I was $30,000 a year richer. I don't know. Is that the right grammar, right? And till the day I left, I always felt like I had to prove to him that I was proving, like literally proving to him, I told you I can make My dreams come true. I can achieve what I set out to do. And you were wrong about me. And by the time I left that company to take on a new adventure at a different employer, he he didn't care. He doesn't, he never came back to say I underestimated you or, oh my God, you're the, the smartest girl in the world. The like, Daddy issues we joke about cannot be inflicted upon somebody that you work with. But the more I think about that relationship I had with that leader and all of the hours I spent in therapy talking to my therapist about this leader, who honestly was probably not even thinking about me after he clocked out and went home to his family, Uh, the more I really just saw the character, the villain I had created him to be was really just the worst voice in my head, the the worst voice in my head being amplified. And that's not to say he wasn't a jerk or that he didn't indeed underestimate me or that we didn't butt heads throughout the entire time I was at that company. But I was so focused on propelling my own insecurities onto someone and allowing myself to give them truth, to give them life because, oh, well, this other person probably thinks it. By that, I was only damaging myself and perpetuating a narrative that I deserve to be underestimated. And that was one of the worst mistakes and biggest wastes of time. And frankly, probably a hurdle that kept me from making more connections, more money, more impact. But, you know, honestly, screw all of that from me doing more inner healing in those years. I sometimes just wish what, I wonder what life would have been like if I could have just gotten out of my own way and stopped caring about what other people thought about me and the expectations they had for me. 
And the mind F of it all is when I do feel like somebody has high expectations, I'm petrified of falling short of them. So it's like I am setting myself up to fail. I swear to God, I think half the reason I freelance is so that there's less people to disappoint, which again is ironic because now I just have only clients to disappoint. But at least I can take a break in between assignments, I guess. So, maybe you don't relate to anything I'm saying and you're like, um, when does it feel like to be underestimated? Sounds horrible. Uh, correct. But when you are underestimated at a company, you feel like you are being set up to fail. You feel like your destiny has been written in the stars and those stars, they burn out real fast. And you feel like a lot of your efforts are likely going to go unnoticed. But if you are like me, you are a people pleaser. And so you try anyway. So much of my workaholism that I had at one specific company that led to life-threatening burnout was because I was so set on proving that I didn't deserve to be underestimated. Yeah. But yeah, when you feel that you are being underestimated, you feel like you are being set up to fail. You feel incredibly shortchanged and you feel incompetent. You feel that others will see you as incompetent or stupid or lack the wherewithal to make rational and meaningful decisions. And the longer that festers within you, the more that you really do begin to wonder if you've just been wrong about yourself this whole time. You know, I remember this one time, uh, if my husband Jordan was here, he could uh, vouch for this story. A manager didn't didn't see my strengths as, uh, uh, I don't know, worthy of anyone's time. Didn't see them as valuable. And I just remember thinking, oh, well, I should just leave corporate America and become a bartender. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being in the service industry. Um, I've had many service industry jobs, and I highly think, and I think everyone should have one. But I just thought, well, if this person doesn't see it, who is? Because this person was just your average Joe with your average Joe background, average Joe degree. And if I can't impress average Joe, I can't impress anyone. So I might as well pack up my bags at, I think I was like 24 at the time. (laughs) At 24, pack up my bags and, you know. Clap my hands clean of life. And my God, am I happy that I had a then fiance turned husband, but yeah, fiance at the time to um, figuratively shake me and encourage me to continue to look for jobs. Um, But that's really what you end up wrestling with. And then you question your own self-awareness. You wonder if all the beautiful things you thought about yourself were just little tiny lies. That is the power of thought and being underestimated. And being underestimated affects your work immensely. There is, I believe it's Vroom. I'm not making this person's name up, but um, the expectation expectancy theory, Um, which it's a little bit more convoluted and nuanced than this, but at its core, if you believe somebody ain't shit, they will be shit. And if you believe somebody is going to be great and they believe they're going to be great, lo and behold, they will be great and yield results. Again, I suggest that you look up the theory, but that's what it is in a nutshell. So when you already give out the energy 
and the expectation that this person will only attract failure, incompetency, either that is what they are literally going to produce or that is all you are going to see of them. It's, I don't know, it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. And when that happens, that can be the sole reason that you feel as though your workplace hosts a toxic culture. It is often the reason you hate a place of employment. And sometimes it is even the reason that you hate parts of yourself. But I think there are many things you can do if you are being underestimated. So we are going to chat about that right after this ad break. Be right back. Scale of 1 to 10, how much do you hate writing cover letters, resumes, and job hunting? Okay. If the number is anything above like 0.5, you're in very good company. When COVID hit, all of my friends came to me and said, please help me with my resume. Please write a letter that is somewhat captivating. And how do I freaking network and job hunt in 2020? Thankfully, the universe had a divine plan and that is how my career coaching business started. So today's episode is sponsored by Jasmine Reed Clark Career Coaching. So whether it's a resume revamp that you just need to spice up, and get back in the game, or maybe you would love to take a course on how to network and job hunt in 2020, I've got you covered, boo. Just go to jasminereadclark.com and go to my services page. There you will see all of the professional development tools I offer, and I would love to take you on as a client. And if you're not ready for one-on-one coaching, totally cool. There are plenty of courses and even freebies on my site. If you're being underestimated, likely you feel stuck, you don't know what to do, or you're getting the kind of stale advice to brush it off and don't care. Who cares? Well, I care, Bethany. I care. I don't like people thinking I'm a loser. Here are three tips I wish I had had way back in the day and three things I still do till this day. First, remember your why. And in order to remember your why and your purpose, you got to know your purpose. And yes, I have stuff on my website that dives far deeper into this. But the thing you always have to remind yourself is why were you put on this planet? I don't know if you guys have seen this Mel Robbins TED Talk. I talk about it all the time. But essentially, you had a 1 in 400 trillion chance of being born when you were born to the parents. Basically, you hit a genetic lottery. So I don't care if you believe in a higher power or you think it's all baloney. You, were, you are here for a purpose. And I'm not even saying that we all need this like deep, deep meaning of life, but there is something that makes you intrinsically you. And there is something within you that is meant to shift the world. Even if it's just your inner world, the world that you have with yourself, or maybe it's the world you have with someone else or a significant other, but you were here to touch other people's lives, including your own. So you can't forget that purpose. For me, I truly feel like one of my gifts is celebrating and pumping people up. I love being somebody's hype man, you know? And to go back to everything being a reflection of ourselves, hey, I'll be the first to say it. It's because deep down I want someone to be my hype man. Sometimes I I don't know how to be my own hype man. So I need somebody to be my little hype lady. So I try to be that person for other people. 
So when I'm working on something, um, you know, I do a lot of odd jobs, including ghostwriting, and it can be uh, pretty Mm, thankless isn't the right word, but it's, you know, behind the scenes. And I just remember that why. Like, why do I ghostwrite for people? So that I can tell their story, so that I can be their hype lady, so I can pump them up, get their message across. It's all about letting go of that ego. I know for a fact, I in this lifetime, I was meant to learn about the ego and let go of it. We are still very early in that journey, honey, but we will get there. Um, But remembering your purpose and focusing in on that and centering your days around your why really helps ground you so that when somebody thinks you're just a fill in the blank, just a bartender, just a receptionist, just an office manager, all things I've been before. You know your why. And focus on inner motivations. Ugh, now, this one's a touchy subject for me. Confession, I am externally motivated. And what that basically means is, perfect example, workout classes. I was at the height of my physical physique a couple of years ago because I do really well in group classes. And when there's the possibility that there will be a penalty if I miss a class or show up late, very externally motivated. So you can imagine enter COVID and 20 extra pounds. (laughs) And I am learning to reprogram my brain and do things for myself, figure out what motivates me. When no one's looking, why do I get up in the morning? When, you know, if everyone's voice was silenced and no one could applaud me or tell me I'm doing a great job, what are the passion projects I would be taking on? What are the conversations I would be facilitating? What are the like weird activities and hobbies I would be doing just to pass the time? Finding your inner motivation and honoring that inner motivation will really help silence your naysayers and that mm, very loud, loud, tiny voice in your head that tells you everyone's right about you. You're a loser. Yeah, we silence that voice with knowing who we are and writing our own story. And sometimes that is literally, people. I have literally pulled up Google Docs and my notes app and written the story I plan to tell myself that I want to be true. I manifested into existence. Yeah, it's cheesy. It's effective. And finally, kind of treating that those strengths that you have, that stuff that you know is within you as this like secret superpower. So something I used to do at an old job. um, Okay, let me give a little bit of background info. I was a recruiter and then I entered a new job and I was an office manager. So long story short, they needed help with recruiting. I volunteered and I guess they thought I don't think anyone knew that I came from recruiting or maybe they just thought, oh, that's just the like friendly office manager. Uh, So I wound up creating a training guide and a playbook and yada, yada, yada. But essentially everyone um, was, you know, pleasantly surprised by what I was able to deliver. And it was almost like, ooh, I know something you don't know. I'm awesome. And I know this thing about myself. So when I am starting to feel that shame of feeling that I'm not good enough, I do my very best to shift that perspective and feel joy that I get to know my own talents. And that's something that is so sacred that only people who dare to be in my life on an intimate level or dare to dream with me or dare to collaborate me in a meaningful way 
in the workplace, only those real ass people get to experience my gifts. And there's power in that narrative. Those are my three tips if you feel like you are being underestimated at work or in life in general. But before all of that, I have a message to two groups of people, and we all, including myself, fall into both camps. Now, if you are the one who is being somebody's hater, their naysayer, you feel like you know somebody's story and you know where it ends and you don't want to be a part of anything, you know, you don't you have nothing to do with that person. Shame on you. You do not get to decide somebody's story. And yes, is it only human and natural that we see somebody's outputs and draw conclusions? Absolutely. But to think that no one can grow is to have a fixed mindset. And if you think success comes from a fixed mindset, you are in for a very rude awakening. But scarier, you're in for a very stagnant lifestyle. You really want to grow. You want to be successful. You want to be a leader. And maybe you don't want to be any of those things, but do you simply want to move through life experiencing simple pleasures? Then relinquish the idea that you know everything and that you can control everything. Shatter the reflection that you project onto other people because you're too broken to deal with the things within yourself. And entertain the idea that maybe, just maybe, people can surprise you. And if you're the person who is being underestimated, and you're the person cradling yourself at night because you feel like no one sees you for who you are because you feel defective, you have purpose. And it is not anyone else's responsibility, not even your own mom, to see that. It is your responsibility to discover it, to define it, and to honor it. And even if it is party of one and you are the only person in your parade, that's a party, people. That has to be enough. And until that is enough, and y'all, I am talking to myself here too, until that is enough, you will always be craving more. You will always be depleted. You will always be dehydrated. And what happens when you're dehydrated? You're thirsty. You're thirsty for attention. You're thirsty for recognition. Quench the thirst. Let people drink their haterade. Okay, and you keep thriving. And with that, I will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>